welcome to the intro to the Super Divorce Supercast. Just finishing up our beers that we had here this week. We're going to yep. tell you about those momentarily. Yeah, just stay tuned. Yeah, and then we had a, a big discussion about the new It movie uh, because we both saw it and we both loved it. And we break it down a little bit, give you some details. <laughs> People talk about the deets. Yep, talk about the deets. Um, and then we compare it, kind of match it up against some other Stephen King movies, adaptations that have been made. Yeah, and then we match Bill Skarsgård's performance as Pennywise up against some other performances, and then that kind of leads into this, and that kind of leads into that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then we finish talking about other, just briefly, some other horror movies. I, I meant to mention this when we were talking about it, when we were talking about Tim Curry's performance. Uh-huh. Just a quick story. I watched an interview with him recently where he was talking about something funny that happened on the set of the original It. And the kid who played Georgie in the original movie, you know, he was talking about just the innocence of child actors. Have you seen this? Yeah, I saw this interview. Yeah. The one where he's at like. Canadian Comic Con yeah. or some Toronto Comic Con. Yeah. And he's like sitting on stage in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I've seen that a couple times actually. I, I watch it every time I scroll past it on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and tell it anyways for our listeners, but yeah. I love this. Yeah, but he's he's talking about what it's what it's like working with child actors and how innocent they are, you know, and and he's like well, if you've seen the movie, or you've even seen maybe the the trailer for the new one, you know, Georgie's talking to Pennywise, and Pennywise is down in the sewer, and, uh, you know, it ends with Pennywise grabbing the kid's arm, you know, grabs Georgie's arm, and it's like, when that happened, when they were filming the original, like, <laughs> the kid kind of, kind of, you know, in a very sincere manner, looks at Tim as he's trying to like do this performance as Pennywise. And he's like, Tim. He's like, yeah. You're you're scaring me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's like, yeah. like, well, that's what I'm supposed to <laughs> yeah, be doing. That's exactly it, you know. So it's uh, yeah. But. I had no idea until I watched that interview that Tim Curry had suffered a stroke. I didn't either. No idea. It was like idea. a few days ago. Yeah. But it, but it, uh, I guess, you know, it answered a question where I was wondering, like, what he's been up to. And, Same. uh, it happened in 2012, I guess. Yeah, but, I was like, damn. But he was in the new Rocky Horror Picture Show, like the remake. He was the guy in the chair. Yeah. Sat in the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And he, so I mean, he's doing well enough. I think. Well, I read that he said that uh, his humorous outlook has helped him through his tough times. Yeah, and his thoughts had a, a lot to do with him being able to recover from it. And, you know, that's good. So. Yeah, but thoughts to Tim Curry because he's amazing. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like I, was, I had no idea. I saw him and I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You just. And I'd, I'd said this to my mom, and I was like, yeah, like, everybody ages the same. I get it. But you just don't always expect to see celebrities in a wheelchair in their old age. Yeah. Like, I know he's old, mm-hmm. but how many celebrities are in their 80s and 90s? Yeah. Stan Lee mm-hmm. is in his freaking mid-90s, and he's still just, like, walking around appearing yeah. at conventions. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like... It's just, it was, watching that interview, it was shocking. I was like, yeah. oh my god, what happened to Tim Curry? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Such such a great actor, such a great It guy. was a similar thing when Gene Wilder passed away. It was like, oh, yeah. he, had, he had had Alzheimer's. Yeah, and it's like, you just don't... He just drifted out of the spotlight, and they didn't really talk about it. Yeah. And then he died, and it was like, oh yeah, he'd been diagnosed with this years ago, but we didn't, like go out there with it it's like well I fair enough yeah know? I mean I'm, like, it's glad I'm glad they didn't go out there with it that's yeah. nice because I feel of... like it's just one more thing where people would be like you'd have paparazzi trying to show up at his house let's get a picture of Gene Wilder with Confused. Alzheimer's you know yeah. yeah it's like best to just 
say you've retired or something and it's like people forget about you and then this news comes out and it's like oh okay well that makes sense yeah so anyway um enjoy this episode while you're enjoying this episode please check us out all over the internet you can start at www.superdivorceme.com that is our uh mother base where you can pretty much link to like everything we provide for you and it's a lot and i'm gonna tell you uh you can find us on facebook at super divorce or dot com slash super divorce whatever twitter at super divorce uh instagram at super divorce band by the way speaking of that um the guy who plays the killer in the strangers there's Mm -hmm. two girls and a guy yeah the guy um, follows us on Facebook. Oh, that's cool. He, so, and our, and I think he's subscribed to our YouTube channel. So, nice. like, thumbs up for that. Yeah. Um, his name's Kip Weeks. Shout out to Kip Weeks if you ever hear this. What up, Kip? Um, you can also check us out on YouTube. Just search Super Divorce, find our channel. Please subscribe to our channel. We got a new video up there for our yep. first single, The Predator. Yep. We also offer Super Divorce Gets Beer every week. Mm-hmm. Every two weeks, we offer monster movies. And then you can also check out some of our older videos from when we were much more uh, multimedia active. And however, we're going to be getting back into that. Yeah. However, Super Scary is going to be returning for one week in October. Yeah. So uh, get ready for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're probably going to have to start filming that soon. We will. Very soon. Uh, if you want to follow Nicholas anywhere on social media, just go to like whatever platform you're on and type in at Nicholas Villars and see if he's there. If he is, follow him, add him, whatever he'll add. Oh, and if you're on Steam, if you're on Steam and you want to add me and play some games, if you want to play Lawbreakers with me because I'm playing that a lot right now, look up Venom underscore Villars, V I L L A R S. Venom Villars. That's my Steam ID. So hit me up, man. Let's play some games. And if you want to follow me on the internet, your best bet is to find me on Instagram at BenderButt. I think I covered everything, so enjoy this episode, chefs. Enjoy. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. This is Nicholas and Bender. What up? Hi. We're a little late on a new episode. Yeah. That's okay. Sorry about that. Lots of stuff happened. Well, Nick Nick went out of town just sort of impromptu. Yeah, very which impromptu. Is, which is cool because he, w- he went out of town to celebrate his wife's birthday. So, like... You have to excuse us for that. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't not excuse us for that. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can not excuse us, but you're kind of a dick. Yeah, exactly. You, so. Yeah. And then, by the time he got back, I was gone for Horror Hound, and then we both did stuff over the weekend, so we were like, well, let's just do stuff over the weekend and then talk about it on Monday. Yeah. So that's why we're here now, and you're getting an episode. I don't know when you're going to get this episode, but... Maybe tonight. Probably maybe tonight. We'll see. Because I'm going out tonight as well. Right. So we'll see when I get home. We're busy boys. Yep. B boys. <laughs> let's do uh, let's do our beer me real quick because we just got back from seeing our friend over at the local Maristop. Alec. And uh, we went with the Fathead's Spooky Tooth Imperial Pumpkin Ale this week. Yeah, because we're getting into the Halloween spirit. Yeah, we are. Alcohol by volume nine percent. Whew! So it's a big boy beer. Yeah, it's a big boy beer. Rich amber color with aroma of sweet pumpkin pie and savory spices with hints of sweet malt. Rich and creamy with a chewy mouthfeel. Mmm, <laughs> sumptuous mouthfeel. Yes. That you can sink your teeth into. Flavors of pumpkin up front, and then sweet malt, pie crust, spice, hints of brown sugar, and a clean finish. We stop just short of the whipped cream, but we think. We, but we like the way you think. The pumpkin brew with bite. 
Yeah. Is what it says. It also says, chill out, man, have a beer. And you've got a rotund man on the front who's channeling Dracula. Yeah, you guys may have seen the Fat Heads logo before. It's just the Fat Heads man. He has a fat head and he's dressed as Dracula. With his red cape he's, floating in the yeah, wind. Yeah, he's dressed like um, suburban dad Dracula. Yeah. With a, a moon, a spooky moon in the background and some some spider webs on the fat heads. A little pumpkin-like brooch under yeah. his neck. Pumpkin brooch. Um, and, and then a nice uh, or, dark orange and light orange mix um, surrounding the Fat Heads logo mm-hmm. on the rest of the label with some white spider webs. So now that you've got a good image in your mind, cheers. Cheers. You know what I love about this? Huh. It's like the exact opposite of an IPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Nick and I were just we were just down at you know the the quick stop or whatever, and we we're doing Super Divorce gets beer. And if you haven't watched it yet, I just made a point to tell Nick I was like, oh, because we were gonna get uh, a bigger bottle because uh, they we were gonna get some English beer and they didn't have it. So I was like, oh, what about the Ryan guys? Because I like Ryan guys a lot. And then I was like, wait, never mind. And Nick was just like, it's an IPA, isn't it? And I was like, yep. Yep. <laughs> and as I said, I said, what I love is that we both hate IPAs, so you never have to debate. Nope. Like, No. And I I was thinking about it for a while where it was like, maybe I should try and get on board. And I just, I'm not going to. No. <laughs> I'm stick just, to your guns. I'm going to stick my guns on this one because there are plenty of dark beers out there. Mm-hmm. You just got to find them. And I don't need to I don't need to try and convince myself that IPAs are good. I like that almost every time we do beer me, we have to disparage the IPA. <laughs> yeah. Well, they deserve it. They do. You They're know? gross. Stop drinking them. They're gross, but they they have taken over the beer market. I don't know why. Where you just like you can't find anything but fucking IPAs. It's like, like it's like you can't be mad if vinyl takes over the music market because like there's a like vinyl just has a different sound to it and it sounds cooler. I mean, I guess you can make the argument, well, IPAs taste better than <laughs> like whatever. So I, I get you can really make the argument about anything, but most people can agree vinyl is just like well, it sounds good. Multiple reasons to enjoy vinyl. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. You get your big cover art. I love that. You know, it's nice. It's nice for the collection. Uh-huh. It's a big piece of physical merchandise. Right. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's crafted. It's a crafted item yeah. because you have to. You know, they record and they have to watch it. But then they'll say, "Well, our IPAs are finely crafted well, too." Fuck your IPAs. <laughs> I don't fucking care, man. It just it sucks when the market is so dominated by IPAs. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. like I feel like it's a total hipster mentality behind it too, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like oh well, if you're not on board with IPAs, clearly you've not <laughs> you're you know, not a refined beer yeah, drinker such as myself. Haven't done your due diligence in the realm of beer drinking. There's just a lot that can be done with a beer like this. Yeah. More there's so much flavor to it. Other flavors yeah. besides Pine and <laughs> pine, forest, <laughs> <Yeah>. dirt. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I'm gonna stick with dark beers, and you can keep your IPAs. Because dark beers are like the horror movie of beer. Mm-hmm. There's not as many of them, and they need to take over the market. But it's hard because all the action movies, IPAs, <laughs> keep overshadowing them. Yeah. They just need their it. Yeah. Which Speaking we both which. saw recently. I saw it last night. Impressions? Uh, probably exactly the same as yours. I was not scared mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I was a little disappointed that I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. But it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. I feel like if you're not well-versed in horror movies, it probably would be pretty Terrifying. creepy. Yeah. yeah. 
but if you've seen a lot of them, as far as like the type of scares they go for and the gore and whatnot, it's not that any of it's done badly. No. It's just that it's not going to scare someone who's well-versed in horror movies yeah. unless you have like a strong aversion to clowns or something like right, that. Right, right. Which then, yes, probably you will be very scared. But just with with that said, it is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And it and it didn't need to scare me to do that. No. It's almost like it it goes into this realm of like I don't know. It, it feels almost like a fairy tale in a way. Uh huh. And it's got that like it, it did such a good job with with the dynamic between all the kids. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. That was like 100% nailed it old school kids going out and having an adventure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like, and it blew me away how far they went with it without watering it down. Yeah. You know, just the way that they talk to each other and, and, uh, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't pull any punches, you know. I was really happy with that aspect of it. Yeah. Coming from the era where you, you know, have movies like Monster Squad and Goonies and even E.T. Stand by Me. Stand by Me. Yeah. It's like they didn't they didn't make these kids stupid or soft. Right. It's like this is this is what it was like. This is what I remember being. This is what it was like when I was a kid. That's how we talked to each other. You know. It's just, yeah, so that aspect of it is just perfect, in my opinion. Yeah, I think there's, um, there can be, a f- like, a fine line between, like, getting it right and then just, like, having kids have certain types of dialogue just, like, for the sake of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like... I think you either have to you have to commit fully like that movie, but if you try to give kids adult dialogue and then don't let them cuss or something like that, I can't yeah. think of like a specific movie example, but I feel like it's around there. Like you try to write a, a more mature role for kids, but then yeah. they don't cuss or talk about sex or anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come off right. Right. But in this movie, they you know they don't even say it. That much, but they say fuck a couple times. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, kids felt badass when they were going around saying that just around their friends. Yeah. You know? And so it makes sense that they would do that. Or, like, the first time you see them walking through the hall and they're talking about snipping the tip of a dick off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, that's, yeah, that's what you talk about when you're 12 years old and you're a boy. And I've seen some people criticize that, but... I'm comparing it to my own experience as a kid and nothing is off about it. Right. Like literally I remember, you know, it was like with a different tone, but, um, than you, than you'd have when you were in high school or whatever. But, you know, I, I knew what, what jerking off was. You call someone a jerk off or like, you make some make fun of some kid. Oh, you're gonna go home and masturbate all day, you know? <laughs> and you're saying that shit, or you hear people saying it when you're in like. I remember hearing that kind of stuff in fifth grade, you know. It's not like kids are completely innocent up until they hit the age where everyone thinks they should be allowed to start saying these things. It's right. like they're talking that way and they're thinking about these things way before it's appropriate for right. them to do so. And so, they put that in the movie and. I think it just gave it an, a sort of air of authenticity. Oh yeah, that it would not have had otherwise. Yeah, my, that's what that's one of the things my mom said when we were talking about it is that she really was able to get on board with like everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like that's that's good. That's the point because you can't get on board with the original movie. Yeah, it's difficult mm-hmm. to like relate to that. But new one is amazing. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, I really, I enjoyed Skarsgård's performance, but I think I was really more blown away by the kids. Mm-hmm. I think, I might have said it on the cast, but I think this movie had a lot to, as as like 
poorly as it aged, this one had a lot to live up to considering the old one, like, because the, ch- the kids portion is the better portion of the film. Yeah. So it had a lot to live up to, and it definitely exceeded that. And then I think the second half with the adults has a lot to improve on. Yeah. Because the adult half of the original film is just terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think they're really going to need the right actors and uh, the right type of fear because you can't... I mean, they go go along with the book, I'm sure, but you can't use the same type of fear on kids that you can on adults. Right. Or else it comes across wrong. I think that's part of the issue with the old movie. Mm-hmm. Is that Pennywise is still sort of scaring them in the same way. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that you have to change it up a little bit because they've already dealt with that. Mm-hmm. You know, they've already faced that iteration of it. So. Right. So he'd have, to, he'd have to change it up. I haven't read the book, so I don't know what like that what happens during the adult portion of the story. Yeah. Um, but I would have to assume. I think they changed enough in the in the new version, like as far as what the kids were afraid of and how yeah. it was pulled off and stuff, that maybe they'll have some sort of liberty doing the the second portion. Yeah, it's interesting that when you think about the original movie, I think you're automatically you're automatically drawn to think about Tim Curry's performance. Uh-huh. And like you said, with this one, though Skarsgård, I think, did an amazing job. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the coming-of-age story and the kids interacting with each other that really blew me away. Yeah, same the way that that unfolded and how it was handled. And uh, so it's it's like Pennywise did his job in the movie, I yeah. think. But the, the the way that the... Just the level of acting and the way that, that it was written for the kids, just... Yeah, they just... I mean, you've got the, compi- the combined power of all of those people working together uh-huh. versus... Just Scarguard, Scarsgard's performance is Pennywise, so it, it kind of gives them an advantage if they pull it off correctly. That you're going to be more impressed because they're on screen more than more, he is, right. and and that's really what the film is. You yeah. know, the trailer and the lead up to it, everyone's just thinking about Pennywise. You go and watch it, and that's almost I don't want to say a side piece, but it's definitely not what I walked out thinking about the most. Right, it's not. And it's, yeah, like, talking about all this, you know, all of these sort of critiques or whatever, um, or what, you know, you thought about the kids. I was thinking about the kids' performance as well. I mean, I'm a, I think I'm a little biased because of Stranger Things, but Finn Wolfhard's character, um, yeah. or per- performance as Richie, yeah. was just, like, so good. I know. So I loved Eddie, too. Yeah, I did, Eddie too. was great. Yeah. Um... Just excellent writing, excellent characters, excellent performances. Um, but that's, again, that's not to detract at all from Skarsgård as Pennywise. Like, it's just that you are able to relate to these kids more than you can relate to a murderous clown, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. But, like, everything about the movie is excellent. Mm-hmm. And Skarsgård is so great. Um, a friend of mine, uh, my my convention friend Corey, um, Vile Consumption, that does the comic book horror mashup artwork, um, he had seen it Thursday, and I was talking to him on Friday at Horror Hound, and he told me that, um, did you notice when Georgie is talking to Pennywise in the sewer? Okay, and it, I think it's right after he does the whole popcorn thing. Yeah. He kind of like trails off. Mm-hmm. And, like, starts to drool a little bit. Yeah. Did you notice one of his eyes kind of, like, drift to the side a little bit? I noticed that, like, a few times. That Okay. Yeah. So, throughout the movie, um, his eyes just sort of drift apart. Yeah. Um, Corey told me that the team, or whatever, like, the people making the movie, wanted that to happen, 
and then they were all like, we'll just, you know, we'll CGI it or whatever. Yeah. And Skarsgård was like, oh, no, like, I'll let me figure out how to do that. And so anytime Pennywise's eyes, like, sort of drift apart, yeah. that's Bill Skarsgård actually doing it. <laughs> wow. That's Which pretty... is fucking terrifying. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man, that that first scene, that, like, got me in the gut. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of, uh, I was just imagining my son in that same situation. It's it's so, like, gut-wrenching to see, you know, Georgie, this little innocent kid, you know, and he's, like, having fun at a point, you know? When uh, when he's doing like the pop the pop 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 yeah, and then just like from right there when that look comes across his face, you can tell like Georgie picks up on it. He's yeah. like, uh, this is not cool. Yeah, <laughs> something is not cool. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, then sorry, I'm gonna talk about what happens next. But you know, like yeah. you don't in the original, you don't see his freaking arm get ripped off, right? And him crawling away with blood streaming you know uh-huh. down the side of the road that's brutal and then just it's a quick shot but you see like his, Pennywise's arm stretching out you know to, to an absurd it. length out uh-huh. of the sewer and pulling back in yeah I know I, I noticed that and I kind of part of me wished that that scene would have been more defined where like his arm it would have been more defined of his arm stretching like abnormally yeah but then i was like really glad that it didn't because it gives you that thought like wait did how far did he really reach yeah did he stretch his arm out or was georgie kind of close or like like what happened there right and it it makes it it makes it scarier like it's it was it was fantastic um i loved when he like pops out of the project the projection screen. Yeah. It has that ridiculous look on his face. Uh-huh. I made it my cover photo. Like, Dude. it's so badass. And he's, like, huge. Yeah. It's a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we... we I took the, the whole family to see it, which was absolutely fantastic, and uh, sat next to my mom because we were going to do monster movies about it, and uh, it was so... It was so funny because I just sat there pretty much exactly how I am now, you know. We had reclining seats, so it was, like, reclined about halfway, not all the way, and then, like, had one leg, uh, you know, sitting like a gentleman. Yeah. You know, and then I was just, like, like thumbing my beard as I do, as gentlemen do. <laughs> and that's how I stayed for practically the whole movie because I was just, like, analyzing yeah. everything, like catching as many details as I could. I'm probably going to go see it tomorrow. Uh, my mom was just, like, absolutely terrified the whole time. She mm. was in fetal position for, like, most of the movie. <laughs> um, she hit me a couple times. Mm-hmm. She did not like... Um, she had to hold my hand, or she tried to hold my hand. I mean, I let her, but it was mm. she was very much, like, all over the place. She did not like when the kids were fighting Pennywise in the house on Niebold Street. Oh, yeah. She did not like that. That was a great segment. So good. There was a lot that, you know, well, I mean, there was enough to to sort of analyze there, not to sound pretentious about it. That's just like what, that's another thing that I was really impressed with is I was thinking about all the, you know, like, parallels to sort of these archetypal, mythological concepts and whatnot you know and and uh you know it's it's not like you have to look too deeply to to find this stuff so i'm not saying this is like any scholarly type of examination but just the i think it's a a great story um because of you know the message clearly is about facing your fears it's obviously very obvious but sort of the little instances that happen throughout the movie like when they're in that house you know i thought it was it was uh well there's something to be said for when they're looking at the doors you know and it's like not scary at all 
was scary, scary, very, very scary. scary. And then they they choose the not scary, not scary at, all. at all. And it's like, well, that's that's a mistake. That's the exact opposite of what you should do in life, you right. know? Because then they end up finding something scary in there anyway. Right. In their attempts to avoid facing their fears, they they get it, you know, but they're not prepared for it because they uh-huh. are expecting something not scary at all through that door. You know, they should have picked the scariest scary. one, yeah. you know, because then they're in control and they're facing it, you know, and that's like, that's what happens, you know, anytime you have to deal with something. I feel like it's better to, to go in there of your own volition as opposed to trying to tiptoe around something and then you're blindsided and then mm-hmm. you end up having to face it anyway, but you weren't prepared for it. Yeah. You know, that was, that was a pretty cool scene, I thought. And then also how it's, you know, when they do finally, when they go back in, like that disturbs Pennywise and he's not even there in the same room with them, but it, like there's a disturbance there. It's like someone else facing their fear can have a positive impact on your experience of fear too. Uh-huh. Even if it's completely separated, you know, that might come back around somehow and, and help you. So it's like, I think it speaks to the importance not only of facing your fears for yourself, but also how it might have an impact on someone else, you know? Yeah. You doing your best can kind of have a ripple effect and, and embolden other people even if you're not necessarily aware of it right at the moment. So it's, but there's a lot of stuff like that throughout the movie that I just love. That's why I want to watch it. Like immediately I wanted to watch it again. I do too. I, and I, I picked up on a lot of details, uh, not quite so scholarly, Mm. (laughs) but, um, obviously like that's one of the things I've been talking about a lot with my mom is analyzing the movie and telling her like, no, it's about facing your fears. I mean, even last night, on uh during our discussion she was like but i don't understand it is it's still how can it hurt the kids and i was like well it is still a physical being yeah it's just the metaphor of the movie is Mm -hmm. facing your fears like you know it's in the fictional universe they are facing a monster but the point of the story is that you know you you shouldn't a don't forget the past because you're you'll be doomed to repeat it and b face your fears and overcome them like that's yeah. the whole deal mm-hmm. um but i i loved that anytime pennywise bled it floated upwards uh-huh i thought that was incredible um i i loved like the opening scene where they're coming the camera's just like coming through the tunnel Mm-hmm. And it spins yeah. out the tunnel. I thought was just like great. Yeah. Um, the the scary very or not scary and all that stuff. I thought was genius when the balloon is coming towards the one bully in the sewer, and then it like spins around and says "I heart dairy." Yeah. And then pops. Like uh-huh. I thought it was so cool. I just loved all the little stuff like that. Yeah. The television sets. Mm-hmm. I thought were genius. How. Um, the first time I think is when they talk about finding it's after the garage possibly I'm going to watch it again but I think it's after the garage when they're talking about going into the sewers Bev goes home and uh, the TV is just like let's all go play in the sewers yeah like that's Mm -hmm. such a great idea and all that kind of stuff yeah and then later when um, Henry goes to like kill his dad and the TV is just like, if you kill your dad, like, we'll all be, everything will be great. Yeah. Like, just kill him yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I loved that. I loved that. Yeah, that was cool. I'm really glad they decided to move it into the 80s, too. Mm-hmm. You know, those. I thought the setting was perfect. Yeah. And it, it was pretty cool. I read that, you know, because I haven't read the book and it's been a while since I've seen the movie. But I remember that it was set in, like, I think the 50s. Right, I believe so. But, like, the time between, like, when the original was made, um, the present day, basically, the time between the flashback 
in the present day when the movie first came out, like the old one, is the same time between the, you know, the flashback in the present day and the new film. So, like, you know, when the original came out and you flash back to the 50s, however much time elapsed between oh. there is the same now between, like, the kids' section and where they're going to be when they come back and well, do yeah. the adult section. Yeah, that's what they talk about. Um, one of the things is that it came out in 1990, I think, and in the book, Pennywise, you know, so to speak, appears every 27 years. And yeah. so 27 years after the first movie came out, now they're coming out with another one. Yeah. Pennywise is coming back. It's just really cool. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, this new movie, the flashback, because it takes place in the 80s, it's the same amount of time between the 80s and now yeah. as it was in the 50s and 80s of the original movie. Right, yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's pretty cool. It is cool. I, it's, it's very well... They did, it, they did a really good job. The biggest um, opening weekend for a horror movie ever. I know, I read that. Last number I read was $179 million on a $35 million movie. That's great. Yeah. So that means, I mean, like, I know there was probably no doubt in anyone's mind, but, I mean, we will get part the two. sequel, and yeah. it'll probably be done pretty damn quick, because... I would imagine. I would imagine we're going to wait maybe two years for a sequel, if that. I hope they release it around the same time, too. It seems to work, have worked out very well for them. Mm-hmm. In a time that is generally pretty dead. People are cut. Read. Yeah, but I think they released it at a time where, like, people are s- sort of, like, getting into the Halloween. Yeah. It's like the it's like the precursor, you know. Mm-hmm. It's early September. Yeah. Weather's starting to change. It's kind of like, okay. And it's not, one that I can easily go back and see at least probably two. two. Yeah, at least more two times. more times. Yeah. I agree. I'm probably going to go tomorrow. Uh, and then I'd probably I'd like to see it maybe one more time in theaters. It's excellent. Yeah, I mean I just the more we talk about it, the more I'm excited to see it again. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very often, you know. It's like a lot of movies are good, but it's like okay, well I've seen. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, but this is like I want to go back and see what I missed, you know. Yeah, and and zero in on that stuff because I feel like it's just there's so much there to unpack Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be interested to see how some people might think this is blasphemous to even bring up but like is this the best Stephen King adaptation ever? Is it better than The Shining? I would watch this movie I can tell you right off the bat I will watch this movie many more times than I'll ever watch The Shining in the rest of my life yeah but Here's the thing about that, which, and I totally agree with you. My take, though, on The Shining is that I haven't, I haven't read King's books. I'm not a big reader of horror. I don't yeah. know. I like to, I want to see it. Yeah. It's too, it's not too difficult. It's just like, it does not give me the same satisfaction imagining what's happening than watching it. If we agreed to do a like a super divorce book club, yeah, we'll start would with you do it. Yeah, before the next one comes out, I think it'd be cool it's if to we read both the book. Went through it. It's so hard. I read, I tried to read it one time. I think I was too young because I was just like, "What the fuck is this about?" Maybe we could just commit to like however many chapters per week we need yeah, to do yeah, to yeah. get through it reasonably to. Right. You know, have it read for the next because it's time a fucking long. It book. is like over a thousand pages. Right. I think. But anyway, what, what were you saying is uh, on The Shining? The Shining, everybody loves you know The Shining as like a King adaptation. It's such a good movie. Jack Nicholson is incredible. Blah blah blah. The thing about The Shining is that The Shining is a great movie because Stanley Kubrick directed it. I think I I honestly don't think I I believe um, I've heard or seen rather. That King has said his TV adaptation, which there was like a rash of them. It was like It, and then they did The Shining and, you know, a couple other movies. Yeah. Um, were all adapted for TV. The TV adaptation is closer to the book. Yeah. I've heard that. 
I've also heard that the TV adaptation is terrible. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if that's the case, The Shining is good because it's a Stanley Kubrick movie, not necessarily because it's a Stephen King novel. Right. So when ranking Stephen King movies, not that I've seen many, I almost exclude The Shining from that because I'm like, well, I like it, but not because it's Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I like it because it's Stanley Kubrick. But do you think it's possible to have them go head to head and have people... Because I feel like it's a sacred cow, The Shining. It's one of those things where like people worship it. You know? It's like The Exorcist, and The Exorcist is not a good movie. But it's like one of those sort of untouchable horrors. Yeah. Where like, nope. If you love horror, you love The Exorcist. Yeah. Because fucking Linda Blair is in it, and she's amazing, and why did I, you know... Well, I read for, like, adjusted for inflation, like, nothing will probably ever touch The Exorcist as far as, like, horror movies go. Really? Because I think it made adjusted for inflation over a billion dollars at the box office well and that it's is, like even if it does really well i have a hard time believing it's going to go over a billion maybe i don't know if word of mouth and like everyone who saw it the first time keeps going back to see it and they bring more people maybe but it's that's been like an untouchable record that people are saying is never going to be broken because it was like such a cultural thing and i think it was so far outside of what people were used to seeing especially on a mainstream stage at that point, the shock value of it was just, like, through the roof because... Right. You know... Which, like, I... Yeah, I can agree with the time the movie came out. Like, it... I imagine it would have been just insane. Yeah. But when you go back and watch it now, I've watched it, I think, twice, and I just don't... Like, I just think it's... I've still never seen it. I think it's boring. I think it drags a little bit. I was always afraid to watch it as a kid because... Yeah. Well, I imagine... The idea of possession always freaked me out when I was little, so it was like... One time in my life, I don't know when it was, one time in my life, I heard somebody say, uh, if you believe in possession, you invite possession to happen to you, Uh and I stopped believing that it was possible. At that point. It's a good strategy. Like, I heard that and I was like, oh, so I can't get possessed then because <laughs> it's not real. Yeah. And that's, now I just like watch possession movies and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. There you go. They're going to stay away from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, Exorcist is one of those movies that I feel like I need to return to. Yeah. Maybe we can watch it together and do yeah. it. It's an it. 80s movie, isn't it? Or is I it a it was 70s? Late 70s? It might be 70s. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember where I was going with that. Well, we're the just... Shining. Okay, so The Shining is kind of untouchable. Exorcist is untouchable. Yeah. I think if you were to put the 2017 It up against The Shining, yes, I would watch It more than The Shining. And how many people would say the same thing? I feel like a lot of people would. Yeah. It's just a more entertaining movie. But does that mean... You know, but is that fair to say? Because I do think that movie making has changed over all that time. Mm -hmm. So, has The Shining... You know, really the argument is, has The Shining aged well enough to go up against 2017's It? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, think I feel like these. I feel like those would easily be, and maybe some people would make an argument for Carrie, because that's another. I forgot Carrie was a King movie. I do enjoy Carrie. Both Carrie movies are good. The remake is mostly good because it's basically a shot for shot. Yeah, more or less. So if you put Carrie and The Shining. And the 2017 It up for best Stephen King adaptation of all time. Like, it's been a while since I've seen Carrie or The Shining, so I'd have to go back and give them a serious watch. But, like, I have a hard time imagining I would would come out of that thinking that either one of those were better than the new It. 
it was just like so so well done yeah and it didn't and like the great thing about it is that it didn't have to scare me no. to, for me to consider it one of the best horror movies I've ever seen yeah and the only criticism I've seen from like you know like some horror groups I'm a part of on Facebook it's like people will be like oh they try to do too many cheap jump scares that seems to be a big problem with people now. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do, like, any jump scares, people, like, anyone who considers themselves, like, horror hipsters get pissy about yeah, jump, jump scares. scares. Yeah, But it's like, that's part of the horror tradition. There's always going to be, that's just fucking part of the genre, man. Like That's literally exactly what, um, there's a, I would say relatively popular artist that I'm friends with on Facebook. Um, he does a lot of Screen Factory covers. Uh, and he he posts very in, intuitive opinions a lot of times about movies. Like, yeah. real big movie buff. Anyways, literally today, just posted a status. He was like, stop getting butthurt about <laughs> jump scares in horror movies. Yeah. Because it's just... It is a... That is a part. It's a part of horror culture. Yeah. Like, haunted houses are wholly based Mm -hmm. around the jump scare. I feel like bringing it into a musical perspective, it'd be like people getting pissed off about solos in metal songs. Yeah. You know? There's too many solos on this metal album. Yeah. It's like, like that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of the tradition. That's the deal. Yeah, you you write a song, and at a certain point after the second chorus, you fucking solo like that's and that's the formula. Go, oh, shit, that's fucking badass. Yeah, every time. The same way when you're watching a horror movie, you're expecting at some point to oh, you know, when someone turns a corner and there's something there they didn't expect, and there's like a loud orchestral yeah, you know, boom. sound yeah, like boom every like, time. Why, like, do you have to be so? fucking just combative towards these right. staples of the genre because you think you're so far above it somehow. Like, do you like, complain about a survivor girl in a slasher movie? Yeah. You know? Or do you complain about, like, I don't know, uh, a shambling zombie? Uh-huh. You know? they That, oh, like, these zombies are shambling way mm-hmm. too slow. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you just complain about the jump scares, but that's a standard. That yeah. is something that is expected out of a horror movie I the only thing I will sort of feed into that criticism is that I feel like every jump scare in the movie was predictable like they didn't I they got me at least one time and I can't remember what it was but I remember doing a little jolt see I was expecting that because Annabelle creation got me one time uh-huh um I and my mom can attest to this. I did not jump throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I just... I just... I just expected it. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm, and again, like, I can understand if somebody wants to make that criticism. But I am not necessarily making that criticism because, like, it's fine. And you like, have my to, mom was terrified, so... Right. And you have to understand... Not everyone seeing this movie is a horror buff. Right. I've seen know? so many horror movies. Like, yeah. So you get it's used fine to it. Yeah. That it followed a formula. Fine. I want it to. Yeah. I want there to be a formula because the formula is proven. Yeah. There's a reason they do it. Yeah. It's going to get the normies, so to speak. Every time. Yeah. Every time somebody goes up to a medicine cabinet mm. in a goddamn horror movie and opens it up and then shuts the door, I'm expecting there to be something behind them. Exactly. Every single time. Yeah. When there's not, fine. Like, it's almost like its own surprise. Right. For the aficionado. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, well, they didn't do it that time. I wonder when right. they're going to. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, oh, <laughs> oh, what's really? happening now? Oh, <laughs> really? You know? Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't overdone by any means. No. In my opinion. You know? So, I think people, horror hipsters try and, like, puff their chests up a little bit and make it seem like, well, they didn't get me because they were just trying these these tropes, you know, that are so tired at this point that 
it just bugs me. And it, they don't take into account that really the majority of people who are going out and seeing this are probably not hardcore horror fans. Right. And it's a similar thing with any anything that, that people get into. When you get into like super fan territory who like are really familiar with the terrain of like whatever genre it is, they see certain things and almost offends them because they're so used to it. Yeah. To the average viewer though, who these film companies, production companies, writers, directors, they're not necessarily writing for just the niche market because no, they know that not even a little bit. That's not where all the money's coming from. You know? Well, They've got to get support from people outside of that group, right. too. Because the more support you get from people outside of the group, the more goddamn horror movies get made. Right. Like, the fact that it made so much money means worlds for the genre as a whole. Yeah. Because even today, horror is considered, like, outside the norm. Mm-hmm. And certain things about the movie, too, I think, hopefully have an impact on what gets greenlit in the future. Yeah. Because, you know, for as much as you want to say we're in this culture where everyone's, like, offended by everything and and all that kind of shit, yeah, there's truth to that. But you take a movie like this where there is so much to be made a fuss of if you wanted to, look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. The numbers don't lie. People want to see kids acting like kids in real life. And doing the type of things and talking to each other the way they talk to each other. It gives me hope that maybe we're going to get like a new wave of like awesome kid movies where you'll have something like for this generation of children growing up that isn't going to be completely watered down and and they'll get their own Goonies and they'll get their own E.T. and their own Monster Squad and their own The Gate and all these other things where there's like some edge to it. Right, and it's not like dumbed down because they're they're Kids. little, you know. It's they're it's still reflecting what it's like to be that age in a real life scenario. And this movie made so much money doing that that maybe outside of horror, even like in the adventure realm, it's like you'll allow characters to be written a little more realistically. Yeah. Because even if some people bitch about it, it's going to bring in money at the box office because. It connects with people. Yeah. But yeah, the, the amount of money that it's making is, is a great omen, I believe. It's always it's always refreshing. You know, like, uh, what, what, what are the big three right now? It, Get Out, and there's one other one, Split. Uh-huh. Those three um, have really hit numbers mm-hmm. recently and it means a lot for the horror genre you know like it needs to be supported mm-hmm. like more than any other genre out there because despite the fact that horror is the highest grossing genre of movies like out there period mm-hmm. it's still just considered this sort of fringe genre yeah. Nobody is ever going to consider Bill Skarsgård as a best actor for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But, like, damn, you know? Or even even Finn Wolfhard or the yeah. as Richie or the kid that played Eddie. Like, like they could, nobody will ever consider them just because it's a horror movie. Finn could easily be considered, like, best supporting actor. Oh, yeah. Easily. Richie was so good. Yeah. It's just... Or Skarsgård, you know? It's like... I don't know. It, maybe it would be a surprise if you're thing gonna, to have. It, like, if you're going to consider Heath Ledger... If that's exactly what I was as thinking. ...as the Joker... Yeah. ...for, like, a best supporting actor or a best actor performance, if you're going to give something like that to Heath, Heath Ledger, this is the exact same scenario. Yeah. Heath Ledger versus Jack Nicholson and Pennywise... Or, um, Bill Skarsgård versus Tim Curry... And it is the same transition. Nicholson and Curry had excellent, sort of terrifying, comedic performances. Yeah. And both Ledger and Skarsgård have these incredibly creepy, 
like nuanced mature performances as these same exact characters and if ledger deserves recognition for that so does skarsgård but they won't do it because it's a horror movie maybe they will maybe they will i mean i hope that they will but just think about how can you how can you not look at the the reception and at least consider the idea right because like that's I feel like if if the Dark Knight wouldn't have done as well as it did, Ledger wouldn't have gotten that. You know, yeah. he wouldn't have been put in the mix. But maybe, maybe this is one of those weird instances where it's like you can't ignore the reaction that the audience has had here, because especially, especially in a situation where you're trying to live up to an iconic performance, right? You know. And you do it in your own way, and it's really fucking good. You know, that's that's just, yeah. Like, I think if there was a chance for a horror villain to get that nod, it would be this. Yeah. I don't know what would if not this. You know. So. I don't know. What? How would you feel if? Skarsgård got cast as the new Joker. <laughs> I think he could probably do it. He could probably do it better than Leto. Oh, God. I could do it better than Leto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was dreadful. Ugh. Disgusting. Um, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think literally his like facial structure mm-hmm. places him in the same era of Joker as Leto portrayed. Yeah. But I feel like Skarsgård would do the same Joker better. Yeah. Nobody can do the Heath Ledger Joker which was inspired by like the novel Joker. The yeah. Brian Azzarello or whatever. Yeah. It was like taken somewhat from that. Nobody can do that Joker except Ledger. Yeah. Nobody can do the Nicholson Joker, except Nicholson. And I don't know exactly what that was based on. But it's, there's this weird parallel, because thinking about this makes me, like, imagine it. And it's like, man, I could totally see, like, 1988 Tim Curry being a badass Joker. Because, yeah. well, it's a similar character, right. you know? It's yeah, like Pennywise it is. In, it in is some ways, especially Curry's performance as Pennywise. Mm-hmm. You could have almost done the exact same thing in Joker makeup. Yeah, and it would have been fine. Yeah. So it's like a good Joker or a good Pennywise would make a good Joker, uh-huh. and a good Joker might make a good Pennywise. Imagine Jack Nicholson. Well, yeah. Well, he's not a good Joker. No, he's not. A good <laughs> yeah, imagine Nicholson as Pennywise. I, yeah. yeah, I think he could have. Had he been cast in the TV movie, yeah. I think he could have done it. Yeah, and Leto or not Leto Ledger uh, Ledger. You know, Ledger could have done about the same thing. Probably. I mean, yeah. you know, you would imagine mm-hmm. considering his Joker performance. Yeah. Every time I talk about Heath Ledger as the Joker, I want to watch Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Every time. It's so good. His performance is so excellent. Yeah. I cannot wait for it to come out on D- on Blu-ray because I will yeah. buy it yeah. right away and watch the shit out of it. I hope there's some cool special edition they do for it. Yeah, I'll buy it. Speaking of special editions, I just pre-ordered the Silent Night, Deadly Night special edition with the NECA figure from Screen Factory because they were halfway sold out already. Oh. Of 2,000 units. They were half half out. So I was just like, mm, right. yeah. I guess I might as well. Because the more I think about it, the more I enjoyed that. I really enjoy that movie. Yeah. I mean, with, uh, especially like the super scary we did. Mm-hmm. I like that movie. The more I thought about it, the more it became like a, like a dark comedy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's kind of silly and funny. Yeah. And it's like, I want to make it a Christmas tradition almost. Like, I don't think I... I don't necessarily know if I would watch Black Christmas every year. Yeah. Around Christmas time, because it's a very intense movie. Yeah, it is. But, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night is just... I think there's still the... My favorite part of that movie is when they unroll that banner, and it's got Santa on it. Yeah. And what's his name? 
the dude. Uh, I can't remember the main character's I, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember either. It's just like triggered. <laughs> it's just like Santa keeps getting shoved down his throat no matter what he does. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no matter what, somebody's just like, hey, what, but what about Santa though? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the coup de gras just making him dress up like Santa. It's like... It's never so mind the trauma that he endured as a child. It's like, no, yeah. you'd make a good Santa, right? Yeah. It's so it's so funny. It's such yeah. a good movie. It's terrible, but it's a great movie. Yeah. I'm really excited for the special edition. Yeah. Get a little a little figure of him dressed up as Santa. Yeah. With that just that look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what else we got? So we're talking about horror movies. The new, uh, Saul. I'm so excited for that. Like, I, honestly, it's probably gonna be a terrible movie, and I'm so excited. Is Carrie always gonna be in this one? I don't think anybody... Well, if he has, he's not listed in the preview. If he is, he's not listed in the previews. Was he in the the one before this? He was in Saul 7, yeah. Basically, That's like the only thing that made me want to watch it again, and I, I don't think I watched any. I didn't see anything after the one with uh, Donnie Wahlberg, whichever one that four. was. Was that it? Well, did you see Donnie Wahlberg die? I don't believe so. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. Okay. Well, Donnie Wahlberg fine. dies eventually. Yeah. Um, was Donnie he, Wahlberg's in the second one. You haven't I think seen that's the second any one. of the other ones? I think I watched one and two, and that was it. Damn. They're so good. Man. Are all of them, like, decent? Three, I don't like. Because I started... I, I remember feeling like it was going to be like the Call of Duty of horror movies, because there was, like, one every year. Okay, but you like, have to... Con- yeah, yes. But <laughs> consider there's... 10 Friday the 13th and there's yeah. 8 Nightmare on Elm Street but they movies. weren't like yearly installments and I think that's why I became suspicious like okay okay but like how much are like, you putting into this if you're giving us one like every Halloween yeah but like, I don't know a single detail about Nightmare 4 I mean that's how I view the Saw franchise I view it as a classic 80s franchise it's not yeah it's not a classic 80s franchise but i i approach it with the same mentality and when you approach it with that mentality one is amazing Mm -hmm. it's revolutionary yeah two is like a worthy follow-up it's not as good but it's there yeah you know three terrible but an important movie why was it terrible I just didn't... I hate the... the Okay, so, like, the first movie deals with um, a bunch of people in a bunch of traps. Yeah. And the second movie deals with a bunch of people in a bunch of traps, right? Mm-hmm. The third movie deals with one dude walking through basically a haunted house coming up against people who are in traps and trying to save them. I just I I don't the third movie is just I just don't like it. Okay. Like I you'd have to you'll have to watch it. I just don't like it, but it's an important movie in the franchise overall. Okay. Because like important things happen in Saw 3. Mm-hmm. 4 I love. I like I thought it was really cool. Don't know why. I just thought it was really good. Five, kind of meh. Six, really awesome. Even though six basically has the same plot as three. Okay. Seven. But done better. But done better, in my opinion. Seven, I've literally only seen once. Um, Again, kind of the same plot as three and six. Mm -hmm. I mean, four does too. And is that the one where Carrie comes back? Carrie comes back and saw seven. Seven. Okay. So don't tell me what happens. No, you need to watch them all. Like though, like okay. if you've, yeah, there's. I'll watch them all before the new one comes out, and we'll go see it. Hell yeah, man! I'm really, really excited for the new Saw movie. I think I'm expecting it to be terrible. Mm-hmm. I think it could be amazing. 
And it's just called Jigsaw, right? Jigsaw, yeah. Mm. I mean, really, one of the highlights of my horror hound going experience has been meeting Tobin Bell from Jigsaw. That was just such a cool thing. Because mm-hmm. I really... The Saw movies are a, are a big... The first one especially... But the Saw movies are a big factor into why I like horror at all. It was the third horror movie I ever saw was the first Saw movie. And I just remember that twist at the end and just being like so blown away Yeah. by by that. And I was like, oh my god, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Like, I was terrified watching it. But that twist just changed everything for me and then I and I really latched I really think that kind of like solidified my love for horror I I might not have realized it at the time but the first Saw movie was what did it well some good discussion of horror this week yeah Hope you guys uh, go out and check out it. It if you haven't yet, and if you have, you should go watch it again, man. Yeah, because we're probably both going to. Yeah, at least once more, probably twice more. Yep, we will. Also, check out um, the the new used song. Yeah, the used that is still going strong. Mm-hmm. Like good for them. And I have listened to it over and over again. Yeah. And it's it's called over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's my favorite used song I've heard in a long time. It's really good. I think the new album is gonna be great. I do too. And it's coming out the same date as our album. So is the new Weezer album. And Super Mario Odyssey. We are the cool kids. Yeah. Part of the cool kids club. October 27th is going to be an awesome day. lit, fam. Yeah. So, um, thanks for uh, listening, and we're going to see you on the outro. Mm Mm-hmm. enjoyed that it was a long ass intro <laughs> it was <laughs> you got like I would say it was like a fourth of a podcast it almost really, it like kind a fourth of an episode oh well but we now it's late. the outro we were late with it we were so we we provided a little more content there yeah a little a little extra a little something extra yeah so um you know check us out all across the interwebs superdivorceme.com your one stop shop we're all things super divorce it's our mother base um facebook.com slash super divorce instagram at super divorce band twitter at super divorce uh if you want to look me up on the internet go to your chosen social media network and just look up nicholas Villars. and you can also find me on steam if you're a pc gamer uh venom underscore villars v-i-l-l-a-r-s and uh, Bender, if you want to follow me on social media, uh, your best bet is Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Bender Butt. That's about it, right? That's 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 about it. Uh, we'll see, see you not next week. We'll see you later this week. Yeah, later this week, technically. Yeah. Well, not technically, definitely. Yeah. So, um, hope you guys had fun hanging out with us. Uh, We'll be back next time. Bye, chefs. Bye, chefs. Super divorce.